What's up guys, it's Lisa. We're all well into our coronavirus quarantine and needless to say, it's been a trying time for all of us. We've had to change our daily routines, many of us haven't even left the house, gyms are closed and overnight most of our relationships went virtual. So how can we come out of this quarantine stronger, healthier and even more connected? Well, I've taken this opportunity to talk to some of my favourite people on my Instagram Live to get their advice on these very issues and have found the conversation so freaking helpful that I wanted to share them here as well. So over the next couple of months, we'll be posting bonus episodes every Friday to help us get through this quarantine stronger together. What's up, guys? Today, I'm chatting with my homie and none other than the Andrea Nevado. You guys may know her as Ziomara from the hit show Jane the Virgin. And in this Instagram Live, we talk about how we're keeping sane during the quarantine and why resilience is everything. I am being joined today by none other than my homie, Andrea Nevado. Freaking love this woman. So um, until she joins us, I'm going to give you a little backstory on this woman. Um, so I started to see her content. She started to like my content. I was like, oh, who is this chick? So I look and I was like, oh, Jane the Virgin. I actually hadn't watched Jane the Virgin at the time. So let me just check out more about this woman. And when you go to her Instagram page, like her videos are so freaking raw and like completely transparent. She's extremely open and very willing to be vulnerable. And so I was like, I got to meet this girl. So we go out for dinner and I haven't actually at this point watched Jane the Virgin, but people in the company were freaking out. Oh my God, Andrea, we love her. So I was like, okay, well, I love her content. So I definitely want to like meet her in person. So I go to dinner with her and she's so freaking deep and so wise and so like honest about exploring all the difficulties she had as being a Hispanic woman in the acting industry. And she was so open. And then I went home and I started watching Jane the Virgin. And I'm like, oh my God, like she's such a good actress and she's so freaking hilarious. Because what if you'd watch, if I'd watched the show before I'd actually met her, I think I would have had a different perspective of her. Um, but just seeing how freaking hilarious and funny now, look, she is funny in real, in real life as well. But anyway. So that's how I met Andrea. Asked her to come on the show because I think she's absolutely freaking amazing. She's very honest, very vulnerable. And so we're just waiting for her to join. And until we she joins us, um, I'm going to let everybody know that tomorrow, yes, tomorrow, I will be doing an IG live Q&A where I'll do that like IG roulette thing, which I actually really love and find hilarious and fun. And so if you want to join me on my IG live tomorrow, come with your questions and I I will be selecting basically like a Instagram roulette. All right, so I don't know if she's joined yet, so bear with me, guys. Oh, there she is. Have your questions ready because we are about to fire. Oh, someone says hello from Cyprus. What up, Cyprus? Yes, I stick on it there. It's a stick That was a bit of my Greek, by the way, just busting out. And we are. Hi, how are What's you? What's up, girl? Thank you so much for joining us. Where yes. are you right now? You're in New York? I'm in New York, in my dining room. I wanted to do it in my office in the attic, but there was no reception, so that's what the delay was. I had to come downstairs and get closer to the Wi-Fi. Bless it. Well, because I know that you come to Los Angeles a lot, so yes. um, obviously being quarantined, no travel right now. How are you finding girl, it all? I'm loving it. <laughs> Ah, tell me more i know i love being home i'm, I'm a homebody normally yeah. i mean i do like to go out and all that but i i just love being cocooned in my little home and my little 
oasis um, being with my family and you know just doing my thing I do a lot of work at my computer a lot of writing um, you know spending time with my kids cooking all of that stuff and it's great <laughs> that's amazing how are you avoiding not then falling into the pitfalls um, of what um, you know a lot of people right now are with anxiety and frustration and fear oh, and I didn't get good oh can you hear me Yes, yeah, try it again, say it okay. again. No worries. Um, how are you finding, oh God, I can't remember the question. I was like too busy looking at the, the, the frozen frame. Um, how are you finding, oh, in fact, okay, there we go. How are you not getting trapped into the, the pitfalls which a lot of people right now are falling into in regards to anxiety, fear, stress? Um, because your business, I mean, A, let's face it, right? You've got, you're on set a lot. Well, studios, in case people don't know, are completely shut down. Um, yeah. You come to LA a lot to be doing, you know, interviews, auditions, things like that. You can't travel. So I would actually think that, okay, Andrea would be really struggling from a professional standpoint. Um, but I so loved your answer. You caught me so off guard. So how do you not, how are you right now not falling into those pitfalls of, oh my God, woe is me. Um, this is actually affecting my business. Yeah, I mean, I could focus on that if I wanted to. But I mean, part of being an actress, and I've been doing this for almost 30 years, I can't believe I'm saying those, that number, <laughs> but um, is I'm used to not working, <laughs> and I'm used to working. Mm -hmm. So I've been through so many highs and lows in my business. And even in just a year's time, there are seasons within an actor's one year of an actor's life there are seasons so there's like a pilot season which i just went through and you know there's just episodic season and you know there's just times when you're not working and when you are and so because i'm used to that I, i'm used to having this open-ended day that doesn't have any real structure and i've had to learn how to be disciplined enough to create structure in my life so that i'm not like all over the place and so, you know, I schedule writing in the morning and I schedule, you know, just alone time, me time. I schedule exercise. Um, I schedule, you know, when I'm going to make dinner, I plan those things out and I decide what I'm going to work on that day. And also I, um, you know, I have other projects that I'm working on that doesn't necessarily need me to be present at some place as an actor. So, I love that. And um, did you ever see Karate Kid, the movie? Yeah. So, you know, like, I basically, the wax on, the wax off. It's like, why on earth am I waxing a wall until he gets into a fight and all of a sudden he's got the reflexes? It's kind of like you've been doing that this whole time, right? Like, over these past years, it's like the rejection, the, like, having to stay home, the not working, then working. Um, so, actually, this is kind of like your time to be doing, you know, your kick-ass uh, kick right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm totally loving it. Um, so anyone that's joining, Andrea is answering questions live, guys. Drop in the comments below. She was just on Women of Impact episode. Check it out on YouTube, girl. You're freaking amazing. Um, I just, I don't, you said something a second ago, and I don't want to brush past it because it was so powerful, and I wanted you to share your wisdom with everybody. You said, because okay. I asked you the question on how do you not get trapped, and you said, well, it's a choice. You said it so much just like, well, it's a choice, matter-of-factly, but um. Did you always think of life as being just like, oh, it's one choice over and next? And then other, apart from that, how do you then go, it's a choice, even if one thing is pulling me maybe more emotionally, but I can still choose. And this is my life. And I choose to not go down that rabbit hole. I choose not to feel badly about myself. I choose not to look at the negative situation that is right now. How do you actually make that choice? What happens and how do you process that? Yeah, well, I mean, when I get to a state of feeling 
uh, when, when I notice, because sometimes you, you have to work on your awareness muscle. Mm -hmm. And I've been working on that one for a while. Um, and you, when you get to the point of being uh, aware of yourself at some point and you go, why am I feeling so bad? Or why I feel, why is my chest tighter? You know, why am I unhappy? You know, you have to pause and stop and say, well, what is my thinking? Because usually it's your thinking that's putting you in that state, that not feel good physical state and not, not feel good emotional or mental state. And so um, that is, I'll, I'll catch myself and I go, oh, what am I thinking? When did this start? Why did I start feeling this way? Oh, well, I was thinking about that I haven't worked in a long time and I looked on Instagram and I saw so-and-so was working or whatever. I'm just trying to think of Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can go on social, you can go on social media on Instagram and just look at like everyone having this amazing life and you can feel like such crap after you get off of it, you know? And so, um, you know, there, it, it's working on that awareness muscle and then being willing to dissect it and figure out how you got there, why it started and what is that about? Um, so that's really, to me, then you can decide at that point whether or not you're going to continue to do that. I, I do want to say you reminded me of something. The first self-help book that I ever read was called Choosing Happiness. And I think I was like maybe 24, mm. 25 years old. And uh, my boyfriend at the time's mother had it on her bookshelf. And it just stood out to me, you know, the, that title. And I was like, wow, the, the concept that you could actually choose happiness, that was, it never occurred to me. And so it was the first book that I ever read and it and uh, about self-help and internal emotional life and all of that. And, and it really opened up a whole world to me of options that uh, and put the power in my hands in terms of my life and my happiness or unhappiness. I freaking love that girl. All right. A lot of people are asking questions. So guys, um, keep dropping them in. I'm going to be asking Andrea live and then also let us know where you are tuning in from so we can do some shout outs. Um, all right, so this question is from Zahra Sikuro. How do you reclaim self-worth? Well, it's a never-ending journey, it feels like, I must say. But every day, baby steps. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about on my social media is that I love to journal. And, and that's one of the ways that I kind of go inside and, and, and explore and find out what makes Andrea tick, what makes her happy, unhappy, what's going on in her life, what are the choices she's making, what are the choices she's not making. And um, I really try to take care of myself in that way. Um, I also do it through therapy. I do it through exercise. Uh, these are all ways. I mean, each and every day we can stop to do some sort of self-care. And when you stop to do self-care for yourself, that is valuing yourself. That is choosing yourself and putting yourself first. And that is basically how you do it. It's actually an action. It's love. Mm. Loving yourself. Go. I love that you said that you're doing it every day. And I think that's so important for people to hear because people work on something. It's not like a goal where you get to the finish line and then you cross and you're like, yay, I'm down. It's like, right. at least for me, it's definitely like this, like ebb and flow. And I go too much over to the other way and then I come back and then I go too much over the other way and then I come back. But that's so powerful right. that I really want people to hear because um, it is an evolution. And um, what I want to actually talk about um, until people, yeah, people are dropping in questions, but I actually have a 
simple question for you. So um, you said that you journal. Talk to me about your journaling, because I think I remember you saying that you would go back and read old journals and see how much you have grown, if you have grown, if there were things that you're repeating in each journal, which is an indicator that, that oh, like, I need to change this. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, one of the reasons why I love journaling is because I don't have the greatest memory. <laughs> and so I can go back and see what I did, what I was thinking, how I was feeling, um, what the interactions were in my life with people and, and, and relationships and things like that. And so I have several journals, but the, the oldest one dates back to 1999. And um, it's been so helpful for me to go back and read over what was happening at that time and kind of see a through line in terms of actions and choices I made at that time mm. and how they played out and affected my life uh, as, as it played out, so present. And the other thing that I've been able to see in my journals are patterns of behavior, cyclical patterns and more unhealthy patterns uh, that, that I've been living. And, and, and sometimes there are light bulb moments to go, oh my God, I've been living this way or making these choices or I've been unhappy for this long or whatever the case may be, or I've been beating myself up for this long. Like, oh, maybe it's time to stop beating yourself up. Mm. And yeah, you know, maybe it's time you got to do something different to, to make your life better, to make yourself happy. And these are all the things that I see in, in my journaling. I love that because so many people would try and run away from it right like you try and forget it you try and ignore it but you've lent into it as a method of self-improvement which is freaking awesome because I think people try and block it out they try and like oh I'll just forget about it I'm gonna keep going forward but I've never ever seen that work um yes and you know what I want to say and that brings me to this whole corona moment um I feel like the silver lining and you know a lot of horrible things are happening and you know praying and hoping that you know people are healthy and, and you know that we all get through this but one of the blessings or the silver linings that I see is it's like the universe or God or whatever it is that you believe in press the pause button on us and have given us an opportunity to to really stop and and, and be with ourselves and, and be with the people that are most important to us uh, and be with our problems mm. uh, you know I mean I think as a society, as a modern society, we're always on the run. We're always on the go. And it's like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? We distract ourselves so much. We never get an opportunity to really pause if we don't do it for ourselves. I mean, that's why, you know, meditation is, is a, a self-imposed pause, right? Mm -hmm. we, we need these pauses to stop and, and be with ourselves. Uh, it, it, it can reduce a lot of anxiety if you could just stop trying to keep going, keep going. Um, life is passing us by when we're so distracted and busy all the time. Uh, and then you get an opportunity to really hear yourself. I, I truly think when you stop and pause, whether it's writing or meditating or just sitting down and having a cup of tea or even just laying in bed a little bit extra in the morning as the thoughts go through your mind, you actually start to hear your wiser self and answers come to you you know, wisdom, insight, aha moments, but they don't usually come if you're always on the go, always busy. And I feel as a society, that's how we are. And as a society, we how like what I love about this whole moment is it shows, it proves how interconnected we are. We like to think that we're so independent and we're so like, oh, I can do it myself and I don't need anyone. And even as a country, 
the United States. We don't need anyone. We're, we're our own country. We don't, what, what are all the other people in the other countries? You know, no, oh my God, we are so global. We are a global community and we are so interconnected and it's extremely important to realize that. So I love that other thing that's coming up. And you know, it's, it's not us against them versus them. It's all of us. And we've all this time have been one group, but we've been behaving like we were separate. And oh my so God. I love that. I love yeah. that. So, no, I just freaking love it. Like, um, yeah, like it doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter what your belief is. It doesn't matter what your political view is. It's like, we really are all one. And I interviewed um, an astronaut actually, and for the show. And she was like, there was something so like peace like she created peace in her mind for like since she was there and so she was up in space and she's like when you look down at the earth there are no borders right yes there, there are is no, no separation it is one entity and when she was up in space looking down at earth it changed her mindset on how she thought about humanity and i was like oh my god like i just want to go to space to feel that but like now we really are going through that same feeling right where it's like you're over there feeling the same thing i'm feeling people watching right now live are feeling the same things and they're all over the world i mean we've got shout outs from philippines brazil scotland new york miami italy spain uk france um you know so it's like we've got all these people that right now are feeling that same feeling and it doesn't matter what country what religion what nationality you speak so um i that so resonates with and, me right and not to get political so i don't want to go down a political rabbit hole i'm just going to make one little comment i, I went up today on instagram and i follow td jakes who's a, a preacher here in the states and he's so incredible and insightful and i love a lot of the things that he has to say but one of the things he talked about was how um this moment in time with corona is it, it has shown how we are all one in a sense, but, but at the same time, everyone stop fighting right now, fighting against each other, mm. who's, you know, political parties aren't necessarily fighting so much, you know, who's weapon and this and that, the focus is completely off of that stuff. And, it, and we're, you know, we don't need to be. Mm. And so I, again, I don't want to go down a political road, but, um, I just loved, I just thought that was an, a cool way of looking at it. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, okay, we've got some questions that are coming in. Um, ah, so this is interesting. We have a Mr. Powwow says, how do you choose happiness? Huh. Um, by, it's not just like a, a moment, it's a process. <laughs> right. right? Mm -hmm. I wish that I could say, you know, I'm just gonna turn this button off, I'm press this button over here in my head and I'm gonna turn off that unhappy button and I'm gonna turn on the happy button. It's a process, it's a daily process. It's it's working on yourself and all the things that I, I mentioned with therapy and, and um, exercise and, and reading self-help books, um, nutrition. Uh, these are all the ways that I choose happiness because when I'm putting good things into my body, it makes me feel better. When I'm exercising, that's making me feel better. When I'm putting good information and positive information into my mind, that makes me feel better. When I'm giving myself an opportunity to write and get my feelings out on paper, that makes me feel better. When I go to therapy and I have a professional who has great insight and wisdom and helps me to see things in myself that I can't see on my own, that's making me happy. So there's just innumerable ways that you could do it. 
<laughs> but I like well, what you're saying though is you've identified what actually makes you happy. So I think that it has to start with that. Identify what are the things that are going to make you happy because then you can choose it with every action you take every day, right? So it's exactly. like if, if I know happiness to me means freedom creatively, then I look at my schedule and I say, have I actually allocated that time in my day to be creative because if I haven't then I'm not working towards happiness so I kind of set that goal what is your happiness goal then every day it's like am I serving that goal or not and so if you're right. frustrated yeah. yeah I want to say you know that I I struggle with depression you know I have this sort of like low-lying depression often um and I think there's some value in sitting with unhappiness, let's just, let's say. I mean, we, we can't be happy all the time. That's just impossible. We're human beings, we're, and we've been, as human beings, we've been given an array of emotions to experience. And I believe that each and every feeling that we have, uh, whether you want to give it a negative connotation or not, it has value. Like, if I'm angry, I have to stop and think, well, why am I angry? And what was it that triggered me to be angry? And if you really explore it and find out, you could learn so much about yourself. You could heal yourself in so many ways if you are brave enough to sit with it. A lot of times, anger is really a cover-up for sadness mm -hmm. or guilt or fear. So I think that, that we don't have to be, walk around being happy all the time. I think, you know, if you look at a, a trajectory of a person, his life maybe over a year's time you would like you know the goal to be majority feeling good and happy uh, but there is value in the so-called negative feelings and I think it's worth exploring and, and worth sitting with and it's scary sometimes and super uncomfortable and most of us distract and run away from from those negative feelings but I've discovered through my own experiences uh, as I worked actively on healing myself because I've had some childhood traumas that it's the time that I take to work on myself, to, to sit with those uncomfortable feelings, to allow them to be, to, to reach out to friends, to talk, to write, to, you know, whatever it is that it, it, it less, there's value and wisdom in those negative feelings. There's something to be learned and they're there for a reason. So we don't necessarily have to walk around being happy all the time. Right, yeah. Um, but I've got to say, Jane the Virgin makes me happy. <laughs> I just, just had to throw that in there. I was Before you joined, I was actually telling the story about how we first met and stuff and how um, I met you before I'd watched the show. So I came back that night, and, as you know, right? Like, I came back from our dinner and I started watching. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so freaking funny. So, like, I do, I do think there's times where it's like I do, you know, like cause everything you're saying, girl, so resonates with me. I'm that type of person that is like sit in the unhappiness, sit in it, assess what is, you, you know, how you're feeling why you're feeling and then break it down but I also think there is absolutely a time to just let go and just like do nothing right so like oh watch Jane the Virgin and freaking giggle yes. your ass off because yes. you're making the world happy like that shit's awesome girl thank you thank but you so much and, you know another thing that you can do um is um, a lot of times we will uh numb ourselves when we don't want to deal with feelings but we could write, I got this from Brene Brown. I love this woman so much. <laughs> Brene, I'm shouting you out. Anyway, um, I did this uh, online uh, 
course uh, with through the Oprah Life class mm. called The Gift of Imperfection, and it was based on the book that Brene Brown wrote. And one of the exercises that we had to do was to write down all of our behaviors and the things that we do to numb ourselves out when we're not feeling good, when we, we feel sad or depressed or angry or whatever it is. And so, you know, there's the classic alcohol and drugs, right? But then there are also things like um, social media, um, I don't know, gambling, watching TV over and over and over and not, you know, taking care of business, um, eating, you know, ice cream or whatever it is. Like, these are like sort of the classic ways. So she, she had us write down a list of the things that we do to numb us out that aren't necessarily good for us. Hmm. And then she had us write an alternate list. And instead of a numbing out, this is the things that comfort me list. And on that list, you come up with things that comfort you, but don't um, take away from you. Don't have a negative impact on your life. So mm -hmm. for me, like some of the things that I came up with was journaling. Um, some of the things I came up with was, you know, spending time with my children, um, snuggling with them on the sofa and watching a movie together, um, you know, talking to friends exercising, whatever, or even it even included things like, well, okay, I do like to eat sweets. So but you know, it's just within reason. So you know, that kind of thing. I, I will give myself that treat, I'm just not gonna go like, overboard with it. So yeah, yeah, I liken it to like momentary happiness versus um, long term happiness. So momentary yeah. happiness is the bowl of ice cream, it makes you feel great in the moment. It's you know, putting on um, you know like fun music or whatever like it's very in that moment it's going to make mm -hmm. you happy but does that serve your long-term goal in that happiness exactly. and is that long-term because let's say you're trying to lose weight and right now or you're trying to stay fit and right now you're quarantined right the bowl of ice cream is going to make you feel great it's going to make you feel great while you're eating it but then how are you going to feel the next day the next day if you keep eating it and then when you're out right. of the quarantine has that been a long-term goal or now you've just made it momentary every single day now i'm with you like if you freaking want the ice cream, eat the ice cream. Like if it's going to make a difference to you, but not using it as a crutch, I think is like super important and knowing and again, where that fine line is. Right. That's the awareness muscle that I'm mm -hmm, talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, is, is, you know, we all have certain levels of, of awareness. Each yeah. and every person has their own level. Um, and no, you know, just because someone ha may have quote unquote a higher level doesn't make them better. It's just where they are in their life and where Love they are that. in that moment. But I think it's important to work on the awareness muscle and then become aware of, oh, I'm eating this ice cream because I just had a fight with my boyfriend, let's mm -hmm. say, you know, or whatever, you know, to, to really explore it and figure out why. And then what, what if I want to make myself comfort myself in some way, how can I comfort myself without hurting myself at the same time? Mm, I love that. Guys, if you are just joining us, Andrea is answering questions live. Drop them in the comments below. We are doing also some shout outs. And if you haven't seen it yet on Women of Impact, this girl rocked it on the show. So go to, over to YouTube. I think the link's down below. Um, all right, we're going to keep going. People got a lot of questions. And I'm sure you already know this, but you have so many fans right now that just freaking love you and love Jane the Virgin and love your character. Um, yes. I think it, I think it really like was became important to people because you really did, um, in my eyes, really shift the way people see your culture in mainstream television. Mm -hmm. um, so I just 
Like from that standpoint, apart from the fact that you're just bringing joy to everybody's lives, like you really, in my opinion, are making such a freaking difference. And I know that Jane the Virgin is just the beginning for you. Um, and like, you've got so much more incredible stuff that I'm so excited that you're doing. Um, but anyway, okay, now before I keep gushing, I should start asking some questions. All right, this one's from... Um, Oh, this is from Casa. I'm going to give you the hard questions, girl. This is from Casa Nidri 14. What was the biggest uh -huh. challenge and how did you overcome it? Ooh. What I was know. the biggest challenge? Oh, my gosh. I've had so many challenges. <laughs> so which one do I pick? Ah! Well, how about um, one that the challenge that you overcame that made the most impact to your life now? How about that? If you have big beautiful, incredible, audacious dreams for your online business, but you actually lack the confidence in your ability to then actually make it happen. And I promise you, my homie, and I say this with all the love and compassion in my heart, your company will never get where you want it to go. I've been there, guys. In Growing Quest, I had to face myself every day. I didn't know what I was doing. And I really wish that I had Shopify at the time. Because when you choose to grow your business with Shopify, you have everything you need to make your dreams a reality. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you at every stage of your business from launching your business to hitting a million dollars shopify has got you completely covered and with their incredible magic ai award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout you literally have everything you need to make all of your amazing businesses dreams a reality and that's exactly why i adore and love shopify if you're serious about growing your freaking badass business and you want to build your confidence and have faith then shopify is here for you so go over right now and sign up for just one dollar a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash lisa all lowercase guys again that is go to shopify.com slash lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in one more time that's shopify.com slash lisa you won't regret it i'm going to be utterly honest there is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc dot com slash lisa and download the zocdoc app for absolutely free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's zocdoc z-o-c 
doc.com slash lisa zocdoc.com slash lisa knowing you should eat healthy is one thing you know on a monday after you've had a weekend of utter food debauchery but actually doing it day after day after day in and out every single day let's be real is freaking a lot harder especially when it's hard to find high quality animal proteins that aren't over processed or pumped with hormones and other harmful ingredients that cause freaking chaos to your body, your hormones, and yep, your brain. And that's why I utterly recommend to anyone that will possibly listen that you source your meats and seafood from my favorite brand where unbelievable high quality is guaranteed. And that's my mate, ButcherBox. I literally am obsessed with them, guys, and I eat their food every single day. Hence why I just keep a box in my kitchen. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers the high quality meats and seafood directly to your door. So if you're freaking busy, you don't have to waste time. You can choose from different cuts of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood with no added hormones or antibiotics ever, ever, ever. Now, ButcherBox makes it so easy to eat better with the best meat and seafood on the planet that you can actually trust, just like I do. So sign up right now at butcherbox.com slash W-O-I and get our special deal right now. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast or steak tips free in every order for an entire year. So sign up today at butcherbox.com slash W-O-I for Women of Impact and use code W-O-I to choose your free for a year offer. Plus you get $20 off your first order right now. Go over, you won't regret it. Um, well, I would say, uh, well, we, we, hmm, which one do I pick? There's so many. <laughs> uh, the one that had the most impact. Well, I would say the one that had the most impact recently in the last, you know, eight years that I'm sure the fans would, would be interested in hearing is, is how I overcame uh, my fear of failure to ultimately get the role on Jane the Virgin. So did I speak about that in our interview? You remember. did, but yeah, you did. Which, but please, please do get do do discuss yeah, that here because so I think I'll it's so do, powerful. I'll do, a brief, I'll do a brief synopsis, but I would love for people to check out the the episode that I I did with with Lisa where she interviewed me and I got to share a lot of really uh, intimate things about Andrea and Andrea's life that I I really wanted to share because I I, I want the people who follow me to truly um, understand that they are not alone and to feel that they are not separate from me or any other celebrity or person that they admire. Uh, we're all the same, we're all equal, uh, we all have value and we all have struggles. And so um, I was so excited to, to interview with you because I knew that I would get an opportunity to share some of my struggles and, and hopefully you know, maybe inspire people or, or whatever, make people feel better, you know, and not alone. So as far as Jane the Virgin is concerned, um, I had a tremendous fear of success and failure. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, I really held myself back in, in terms of, 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 of really doing everything that I could or should be doing to uh, get myself moving forward in my acting career. 
And it was through some moments in my life that challenges that kind of the wake up call went on, the light bulb went on in my mind. And I, and I realized that I wasn't living fully my life and, and it was fear. And then I finally started to really focus on my career and give it everything I got. And uh, it got to the point where I booked this film. I was in LA working on the film and um, had new managers and uh, I did the Brene Brown uh, Gifts of Imperfection online life class co uh, course uh, during that time as a sort of self-retreat. And um, I wound up, uh, my managers wanted me to fly back from New York after I did the film. I had to go back to New York and then come back, but my in-laws were sick at the time and it was a big strain and then my father-in-law passed away and there was this whole big thing which I'll talk about in the, in the interview. But ultimately I, um, was afraid to come out for pilot season because I was afraid that I would fail, that I would leave my family at a stressful time and um, go away for a month and come back with nothing. And then that would equate failure and that that would re equate that I had no value. Uh, so this was the number that I did on myself in my head. But in spite of all that, there is a part of me who does value myself. There's a part of me that, if anything, the part of, it's that part of me is that my essential self, that's my spirit, that's my soul, that's the part that is pure and uncorrupted. It's that part that is the one that ultimately won out, the voice won out, and I got the courage enough to get on that plane, to fly out to LA for that month, and my third day there, first audition was for Jane the Virgin. So as you guys know, the rest is history. You know what the results were at the end of that. Everyone month. is hardening uh, like crazy right now, girl, because it's like, right? Like, guys, I hope, I'm just going to recap what you just said for a second. So, oh my God, this woman had fear. She had struggles. She had issues. She could have easily have said, no, this is just too much. It's, I'm just overwhelmed. But she looked inside and said, what do I actually really want? And I'm going to take the plunge. And because she took the plunge, the first freaking audition that she had was Jane the Virgin and the rest is history. So whenever anyone right now is listening, please, I really pray for you guys to keep this, like this story in your head. Every time you're feeling the fear right now, if you're feeling the fear, remind yourself of what Andrea just said she faced her fear she did it anyway it's not like she didn't have the fear she freaking had it and she did it anyway and because she did it anyway Jane the Virgin as you guys know her role is freaking I mean hilarious and everyone I mean literally people are freaking out that how much they love you so just think about that if she didn't go for it you would be here right now listening to her you wouldn't be loving on her and watching the show and feeling some connection with her. So, sorry, I just, I, I had to emphasize that because everyone thinks, probably thinks, and right, like, people may put you on a pedestal, right? Like, oh, Andrea's amazing. She's so freaking talented. She's beautiful. She's, you know, so sweet and look how nice she is. But the truth is none of that matters if you didn't actually just take the plunge, face your fears, the internal fear that you had. Right. And so mm -hmm. no one can see that. And I think it's so freaking powerful what you're doing right now and speaking out and on being on the show and all the content that you're putting out on your Instagram, how raw it is. Like, it's so powerful.
So I just have to Thank you. <laughs> and guys, if you are just joining us, we are asking Andrew questions live. So drop them in the comments below. Um, and we also do some shout outs and let us know where you're tuning in from. Um, okay, let's have a look. All right, this is from Feeling Elated. How are you able to be so vulnerable and open about your experiences? <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that question. Um, I just remember what it felt like, and even sometimes to this day, what it feels like to um, look at people I admire and feel like I'm not them. Feel like on some level that they're better than me. Um, and that's not a fun feeling. It's actually quite painful. So I look at what I share with people in the public as uh, an opportunity to let them off the hook and let myself off the hook. Um, and when I say let myself off the hook, I mean uh, that I, I can be really hard on myself, you know? Mm. And, and then sometimes when I have these fears and things or these like negative thoughts, I like to call them out. I like to fucking, sh excuse my language, so sorry. This is the New York's coming I out. I swear like it's a lot. <laughs> I like to freaking shine a light on it so that it doesn't have power over me. Because if we keep it inside, that's why I journal, exercise, everything, therapy, whatever it is. If we keep it inside, it rules us and it stops us from succeeding. And God damn it, I refuse. That's why I like to call it out for what it is. I like to expose myself so that those negative voices in my head are not ruling me. And then I also don't want the negative voices in your head to rule you. And so if I expose my, I guess, ugly or my shadow self or my whatever, you know, my fears, if I leave myself vulnerable, I feel like it's going to give people who are watching the opportunity to, to take a look at themselves and be brave enough to let it out too. So that way it doesn't rule them. Um, I freaking love that. And also, um, when you said letting yourself off the hook and other people, so um, we're both massive fans of um, Lisa Nichols. And one of her freaking quotes is, don't make me extraordinary to let yourself off the hook. And when I say that has been life-changing to mm -hmm. me, that quote, mm -hmm. because what it means is don't look, like as an example, don't look at Andrea right now and go, oh my gosh, she was so lucky because she was born beautiful. She's so lucky because she's born talented, right? No, look at this woman and say she's had to work her freaking ass off to get where she is she had to face her fears she had to cultivate her craft she had to you know look at herself nakedly and say what are my inadequacies where am i struggling and so like it's so freaking powerful that you're being open and vulnerable because it is allowing people to see the true you to see how much it has been hard work and i think that's so important for people to see and not just write you off as being naturally extraordinary Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and it's so funny because <laughs> period that's what my daughter would say period <laughs> she's uh, 15 anyway um yeah you know when i think about I, I don't people will say andrew you're so talented and i know that they mean well when they say that and i'm grateful you know for the compliment but on some level i don't think i'm talented and i don't say that to beat myself up I say that is it's something I learned how to act. I did not know how to act when I first started. Um, when I think about 
the first play I ever did, when I think about the act, the first acting classes I've ever did, it's such a far cry from where I am now. Um, I have had to learn how to act. It's actually a skill. Um, and I've, I've, I have a, a BA in theater arts, so it was a four-year program that I went through. And on top of that, I went through a two-year professional program in Manhattan for Meisner Technique. And I've been in countless acting classes and voice classes and movement classes and auditions and everything to, to get to where I am now. I am not, like where I am now is not the same place where I was when I first started. But what's interesting then, so you perceive talented as meaning naturally talented. Yeah. Because yeah. what I... I think most people perceive that too. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, what I would do, as you were saying, I was like, how would, how, sh how should you actually respond? Because you're, you are extremely talented, but you've had to cultivate it and work hard at it. So I would say next time someone tells us, oh my God, you're really talented. We both have to make a pact though. Our response is going to be, Thank uh -huh. you, I've worked hard for it. Yeah, I like that. Thank right? you, I worked hard for it. Because, like, even take Michael Jordan. People are just like, oh, my God, he's the, the most talented basketball player to have ever lived. Well, let me tell you, if he was born with a certain talent, I actually believe that that's, some people really are born with a certain talent. So let's say he's born with a, a certain talent of being able to eye the ball. I'm not actually very good at basketball, but let's just say, like, He's very talented to be able to hand-eye coordination. There we go. But let me tell you, if he never picked up a basketball, if he never went outside, if he never put in the hours, you wouldn't know who Michael Jordan is. So the same with you. is like, I don't know if you were born or if you were so bad that, oh my God, it's been you know, cultivated since birth, your talent. But either way, you have had to work hard at it. And I think people... Um, it's easy to kind of put the like, oh, well, it just comes natural to you, going back to the Lisa Nichols quote, because it means that I don't then have to look inwards and say, how do I become as good as her? And not in a comparison way, but is it an, in, as in a motivation way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the other way is if, if someone wants to give a compliment and say they, their desire, not that I'm asking people to do this, but I just think, what's the flip side of that? What would the person giving the compliment say? And this is what I'm thinking. Damn, girl, you got mad skills. <laughs> <laughs> you got skills, girl. <laughs> All right, so that's what we're going to say. You got mad skills, girl. I got mad skills. Damn straight. I'll work hard yeah. for it. There you go, right? <laughs> but, like, as... Look, I, I do think, I don't want to just say women, but I do think women are much harder at doing that, right? And so I think that everyone watching right now, man or woman, if anyone gives you that compliment or tries to dismiss you as being naturally talented, we're all going to make a pact that our response is going to be, thank you, I've worked hard at it, period. Mm, yep, period. <laughs> all right, we've got so many more questions, so many more shout outs, shout outs to Greece, Brazil, Indiana, Canada, Belgium, France, Massachusetts, and Tokyo. Wow. All right. Thank wow. you guys for joining us. You've got a lot of fans, girl. All right. So we're going to keep going with the questions. If you're just joining us, we are asking Andrew questions live. Drop them in the comments below. Someone randomly asked, I saw it go, which I'm not actually quite sure. They asked if you speak Italian. I'm not sure why they asked that. <laughs> no. No, I uh, don't. Oh, I don't want to have an Italian au pair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You no, need but to seriously, let's... actually, 
I was in, um, 20 years ago, I was in Italy. And um, because I speak Spanish, you know, I kind of have an ear for romance languages. And um, I was practicing in a phrase book, an Italian phrase book on how to get to the piazza. I had to tell the, uh, the taxi driver how to get me to the piazza. And I had to practice that phrase over and over again. And I drilled it so much that it was like flowing off off the tip of my tongue. So when I got in the cab to tell the driver, the, uh, I forget what the line is now, so forgive me if I <laughs> screw right, it. Yeah. Piazza per piacere, whatever it was. But Ooh. I said it really good at the time because I practiced it so much that he goes, oh, Romana, Romana. He thought I was Italian. And I'm like, no, 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 Italian. <laughs> well, you fooled me, girl. You sounded Italian. That sounded perfect on point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, so... Um, We've got a question from, oh, I've got to say, Casa Nadria 14 is asking amazing questions. So I'm going to hold the other question, though, because I want to try and find someone else. But that was a really good question that I've got next to me here. Um, all right. So Ale Alexandra wants to know, do you meditate daily? When did you start to notice? And if you did, when do you start to notice the difference from meditation? Uh, <clears throat> so to be honest, I don't meditate daily. I do meditate periodically. There was a time where I did like a 90 day challenge. Um, and I was, and I did it. I, I had to actually hit the reset, especially cause I told my son. So he held me accountable for, for this <laughs> challenge that I did. What? I did this challenge. Uh, I don't know if you know who Light Watkins is, but he's mm. sort of like a modern young, modern guru for, for meditation. And I read his book uh, called, oh, shoot, what is it? Light something. Oh, no, Bliss More. Bliss More is the name of the book. So I did this 90-day challenge based on this book. And if you you miss a day of meditating, you got to start from day one. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, man. So there was one day that I missed. And my son was like, oh, are you going to start all over again? I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> But anyways, I did it for the 90 days, and um, I found that my days went smoother. Uh, I found that my emotional state was even more even. Um, I didn't get uh, ruffled as much or uh, triggered as much by certain things that might upset me. I didn't didn't affect me as much, you know. So I just had a lot more calm sort of perspective on the world. Uh, yeah, so that's how it, how it affected me. One, uh, this is a little noise coming from the background. Sorry, I'm on Instagram Live, everybody. <laughs> Be quiet. Shut <laughs> up. No, um, oh my god, I love you so much. <laughs> so, so uh, what was I saying? Um, uh, oh shoot, where, 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 where was I? Um, <laughs> meditating. You did the ninety days. Oh, um, I wrote in my journal like recently how I was meditating, but mostly thinking slash meditating <laughs> because I find that I'm, I'm meditating, um, when I'm meditating, I'm doing a lot of thinking, but what I've learned is that even if you get into a, a state of sort of what they call no mind or sort of like quiet, even if it lasts for 30 seconds, that was enough mm. and and if the majority of the meditation was thinking and you keep having to pull yourself back to your focal point whatever your focal point is that's meditating the it's the it's the exercising of the muscle to bring the focus back mm. bring the focus 
back. It's not trying to maintain a quiet mind the entire time. That's not the goal. The goal is to bring the focus back. And that helped me so much. It made it so much easier to not beat myself up. Oh, I'm thinking again, you know? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, good. I'm thinking. I just noticed that I'm thinking. That's meditating. Let me bring it back to the focal point. Yeah. I love that. Tom actually made up a word and he calls it thinkitate. Thinkitate? <laughs> So he basically says he goes into deep meditation. So he's very good at it and I'm still trying to learn, but he goes into deep meditation. And then there's something about the brain and I'm not very in tune with like the neuroscience behind it, but he actually does. And he's like, well, there's actually phases that your brain waves go through. And he's like, so he, he pushes himself into meditation and then he allows himself to come out of it. But in this middle phase, like you were saying, where he's, thinking so much but it's in this super peaceful non-noisy um you know atmosphere so yeah so he calls it thinker type yeah that happens to us naturally like when we're showering or driving mm -hmm. or just waking up or just falling asleep those brain waves i forget what they're called right now but those are the brain waves where it's sort of like your most wise and insightful things come to you in those, right. those times I actually just saw a question go by that I think is really good. I want to ask it. It's from Carissa Dawn Music. Have you ever dealt with self-sabotage? And what is your main tactic to get yourself to stop? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I Actually, I probably self-sabotage every day. Mm. Like when I say, oh, I'm going to... I'm, I'm not going to eat any carbs today, let's say, for example, and then I'm going to find myself doing it. So that's sort of like a, a small example yeah, of self-sabotage. Yeah. I mean, there are other things where you, you know, interrelational, you can self-sabotage. Like, let's say you're in a romantic relationship and you um, do certain behaviors or say certain negative things to someone you actually love because mm -hmm. unaware to you, What's driving the ship behind all of that is some unhealed uh, issues from your childhood um, that are, are driving the ship. But again, I'm going back to that awareness muscle. That's going to be my answer for the rest, of the, <laughs> the rest of the time. The awareness muscle. If you work on your awareness muscle, work on uh, uh, being aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it, um, you can uh, circumvent the self-sabotage mm. wow that's really powerful do you think that there are different types then of extremes so like you said like the carb like oh man i bloody ate a carb today um versus the self-sabotage of um let's say even your career right where you could self-sabotage not coming to los angeles like did you think of it in that framing absolutely well i mean i can go back over my career and and see where i've held myself back um out of fear and yeah. um, I've used I've used the feeling of regret to push me forward. I use that to not self sabotage. Uh, so, mm -hmm. but I have to be aware enough of what I did. Um, so there have been times where I've held myself back from doing theater auditions because for some reason in my mind I built up theater actors as this like I put them up on this pedestal and I put like the theater up on this pedestal as like. You know, then you have to be so good to be acting, you know, doing theater. And so I would hold myself back for years and just focus on TV and film because I felt like, oh, I can do those. But I couldn't do that. Isn't that sad? That's just so awful. Oh it's God. staying in the comfort zone, myself. though, right? 
it's, again? it's it's about staying in your comfort zone it's like when you start to do something and you get accolades from it right people are patting you on the back and so then you feel the pressure of having to live up to that expectation um mm -hmm. you know that's yeah like I, so i i was asked to do a public speaking for the first time this was about a year ago and everyone's like oh babe you're going to be amazing and i was like well if anyone's done any public speaking, it is not the same as being in front of the camera. And so there was like this high expectation, this high pressure. Um, and then I started to realize that, yeah, it doesn't, I don't need to lean into the pressure. I can be very honest that this is a new skill that I'm going to work on and cultivate. And the first couple of times I go on stage, I'm going to be terrible. But accepting that about myself and not beating myself up over it allowed me to lean into it more. Yeah, yeah, I can see that totally. I mean, I I started doing public speaking as well, and you know, having to come up, I like I'm I'm so used to having someone write the words for me. Why? So, no, no, I have to come up with it, <laughs> and then it's like I can't hide behind the character. I'm like, oh, the character acted that way because that's the way it was written. That's the character. It's not me. But then when it's it's always oh, Andrew Novello on the stage. It's not Siomara or whatever right. other character I've ever played. I can't be hide behind that. It's just me. Um, and these are the words that I chose to say or I chose to write. And, you know, you just leave yourself so exposed to judgment and criticism. Um, but, you know, I just feel like the lesser of two evils is showing up because the feeling of regret is so awful. <laughs> yeah, God. I love that. The fear of regret is worse than what my mind is telling me the outcome's going to look like. Um, I, I know that you've got so many fans that watch Jane the Virgin right now on live that are asking a lot of questions about Jane the Virgin. So I would love for you to share a story which I think is so freaking powerful um, about Jane the Virgin. So t talk to me about facing um, your fear. I don't actually know if you had a fear of this, but you were very, um, did the Americans say ballsy? That you had guts. You were ballsy. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. So you were very yeah. ballsy um, when you were doing the table read. So you go over to, I think it's the producer's house, and you're doing the table read. Talk to me about that story and how any other people may just be like, this is the dream job. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But you didn't. So if you could tell that story, because yeah. I want everyone to hear not just how fun the story is of all the fans that are from Jane the Virgin, but I also wanted people to hear that you didn't um, stay quiet. And because of it, it made such a massive impact. So for anyone who is feeling like I don't I shouldn't speak up, I shouldn't say my opinion. Listen to this story. OK, cool. Thank you. Yeah, so, <laughs> and go. Um, we we booked i booked the the pilot i got the role and so we were about to shoot the pilot but um uh the creator of the show brought the entire cast together to do uh to read the script out loud um as a quote-unquote table read and it was going to be at her house um uh, so it was it was exciting it was an exciting time it was so like happy to have this role and, and with all these people it's just like resonating at such a high level so we get there, we start, we read the entire script, and then we start to discuss it with, with the creator. Uh, you know, she asks questions, you know, do you have any ideas or thoughts? You know, how do you feel about it? And um, at the time when the script was, the original pilot had the grandmother, um, Alba, was speaking in English. And sometimes Jane was speaking in Spanish to her. And it just didn't make sense to me the way they had it. Um, and so I was nervous to ask this or, or suggest this. And I was like, um, 
I, I have a little, a little suggestion. <laughs> um, you know, in a Latino family where it's, there's, there's like more than one generation and the oldest generation is immigrated here, usually the, the, the second generation will speak English to the first generation and the first generation will speak Spanish. So I'm just feeling like Alba shouldn't speak English. She should be speaking Spanish and Jane should be speaking English and I should be speaking English. And um, they took that note, they said, okay. And they were concerned, the network was concerned that no one was gonna wanna read subtitles. Mm. And so they had been, so she said, we've been debating on what to do about that. And she goes, thank you for saying that. And ultimately the network took a risk and had the Alba character, as you all know, speak Spanish. And it was one of the best things that they did in, in terms of the series. And so many people, non-Latinos alike, uh, loved that aspect because it, first of all, it made it authentic. Uh, second of all, it told the story, an uh, immigration story, right there just through the dynamics and the talking. Um, two, it included any other um, country that has immigrated to the United States, uh, it, it included that, their story as well. So they didn't necessarily have to be Latino. So that was a, a great thing that they did um, for, to, in making that decision. Yeah, go like that. It, from somebody who, you know, being from England and Greek, it's a world I don't necessarily know. So when I was watching the show and heard the story behind it, I was like, wow, that is so powerful that somebody like me wouldn't have known any different. But people in your culture and community, I think it resonated with them. And they were like, finally, someone that actually is talking of how we really are. And I like it when you can impact culture, girl, that's like, I mean, beyond powerful. Um, and when right. you can do it from someone who came from like, I don't want to lose my job, but this doesn't feel right. I'm just going to like raise my hand a little. Um, did you ever, <laughs> and that, yeah, did you ever in that moment say like, no, 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 don't say anything. And what was that I did, inner yeah. dialogue? Okay, so talk to me about the inner dialogue that made you go from this doesn't feel right, I but I don't want to lose my job. This is could be like, you know, make my career to, yeah, no, I mean, no, I, I still was, need to say it. I was concerned about like, who the fuck, who the fuck does she think she is? Like, wh why is she talking or, um, or, or like, I, I don't know. I, I, it was just a fear of, of being judged or criticized or stepping out of my lane, so to speak. Uh, because to me, I was just an actor. Um, but there was another part of me that I guess it was that little girl who wanted to see herself on TV, you know, the, 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 the truth. To me, like, I, I believe in the truth and, and the rightness and the fairness of things. And to me, there was an imbalance in the script. It didn't make sense to me if I were a viewer. And as a Latina, it did not make sense to me. And so that stronger aspect of, of me one out, you know, it was like, no, if we're going to be representing, then we need to represent right. Um, mm -hmm. So it was like that I, a battle in my head. <laughs> I think everybody on this planet that has seen that show is thanking you for making and saying that out loud. Um, and because I so admire what you were doing, um, I don't want to bucket you in like what you're doing for your culture because you were doing so much incredible things. And I, if, if you're comfortable to say what you're working on now, that'd be amazing. But, um, okay. but like you are really 
like how you impacted culture when I was researching you for the episode of Women of Impact I was just blown away and because of that we as a company Women of Impact if anyone's going to go and watch the episode it's the first episode we ended up having subtitled in Spanish so if anyone's watching right now and they speak Spanish they can click the on button and sub Spanish subtitle is going to go below because it is important I think for us to encourage each other and support each other on um, breaking those barriers like and that's such a big thing for me and um and i'm not even hispanic and i it's it's meaningful to me of what you're doing and the work that you're doing um so talk to me um just the last little few minutes of what you're working on now um and what is that next step for you um a lot of people are asking are you going to pick up another season of um jane the virgin what are you working on um so yeah do you want to have yeah. a second to share a bit Thank you. Sure. So no other seasons of Jane the Virgin, sorry to say, um, but I'm, I am proud that we finished on a high note. Uh, I think that season five was just as good as season one. And to me, I'm proud to exit a show uh, that has been able to maintain such a high level of writing and creativity uh, and impact in, on culture and on, in the industry in Hollywood, entertainment industry. So I'm proud of that. Um, <clears throat> as far as what I'm write, uh, working on now, uh, I am actually working on a book. So it's weird. <laughs> I, I, it comes from a place of, of, again, wanting to share some of my uh, life experiences to help people get off the hook or to help people to uh, be happier, to heal themselves. And uh, I, I'm currently working on that. And um, the other blessing of this moment in time is, is that I have more time to do that. So I have been working on it and I feel very good about that. Um, uh, so, you know, stay tuned <laughs> to see how that comes Can't out. Can't wait to read that book. On... Yes. And then um, a girlfriend of mine, um, my best friend, actually my two best friends and I are putting together uh, a podcast called Just Being. And it, it falls right along the lines of why I do what I do on Instagram and why I'm writing a book. And, and it's uh, a talk show to give, uh, to, to sort of expose ourselves, talk about certain topics that um, are raw and honest and truthful. And, um, and it's about, um, just being, which is what the title is, just being yourself and, and not um, putting on all these sort of like layers of what we think we should be doing. Mm. And instead, letting us off the hook to be ourselves. So that's what the, that show is going to be about. And then I've got some other projects um, uh, that I'm working on, uh, a pilot that I would star in and produce. So working on that. Actually, there's two of them. Um, and I like how you just do unproduced. Yeah, produce directing. Dude, that's amazing. Oh, well, you know, I, I'm, no, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I am so scared. And I feel, no, this is even more honest. I, I hate to say it this way, but I'm going to say it. Because I know you're going to tell me, don't talk this way, Andrea. Because <laughs> I already know you now, by now. Um, that um, I, I, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel smart enough. I really don't. That's the truth. To write the book but I'm gonna do or it to anyway. do the podcast? Or... <clears throat> well, to do the directing and the producing. And even the writing. Even the writing of a book. Like, to me, to say that I'm writing a book is just... That was huge. That was, like, just to say that I was doing that. 
because I'm so afraid I won't follow through. And so I'm glad to tell you because like accountability, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I love but that I'm you afraid. know me so well because because yes, the, the my response is going to be, Andrea, once upon a time, could you um, not walk? Could I not talk? Not walk, walk. Not walk, yes, yes. There was this, a time that I could not walk. Okay, and there was a time that you couldn't run. There was a time that you, you, you couldn't manage your bladder. Right, we were all babies. <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there were moments where we can't even hold our own heads up when we're born. So the fact that we can hold our heads up, walk, um, you know, make it to the restaurant on time, hopefully most of us, um, means that we can learn anything. And as babies, we weren't taught, right? Like, or we weren't told that you shouldn't like keep getting back up. It's like, you, you try and walk, you fall, you get back up, you try and walk, you fall, um, you hurt yourself, you cry, but you still manage it. And so when it comes to this A, it's like, you don't even have to know it. I, I believe in you and I believe in who you are, that you're going to follow through. And even if you fall on your face, you're gonna keep learning, you're gonna ask the questions, you're gonna reach out to people. And so I love the fact that actually right now you don't know what you're doing because all these fans that you have following you can actually see that process. And when I say that can be the most powerful thing, it can be so beautiful and powerful to say, oh my God, you know, because like what we were saying before about people just dismissing you as talented or beautiful or, you know, smart or articulate, all these things that people may be dismissing you, I think you have shown, because they're only seeing a picture, right? They've seen a picture of who you are now. Oh my God, she's amazing. She's so funny. She's got a great show. She's so successful, blah, blah, blah. So they're seeing that picture of you, but they didn't see who you were before. And what's beautiful right now is they're seeing the person who you're starting from. It's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never produced. I don't know how to direct. What am I doing? I don't know how to do a podcast. And so if you're able to be transparent and show that all along the way, girl, that's like so freaking powerful to people <laughs> then finally see when you've made a movie, when you've been doing this podcast for a while and people are coming to you like, Anyway, I think that it's absolutely beautiful. And the fact that you're honest about it is just another reason why I think people need to follow you immediately and watch everything you're doing. Because let me tell you, girl, I'm going to save this video. And in a year, it's like your journal. In a year, in two years, we're going to watch this together. And you're going to be like, I, and you know that I think about yourself, that even though you have the fear, because I think you got the win before, right? You had the fear, but you did it anyway. And look what you achieved. So having that win, I think allows you to then take that next step in trying something new. And I hope people also hear that. It's like, do something small. Obviously, you know, Jane the Virgin was not small. So, <laughs> you know, but if you're scared about something, try something small, get that little win and keep going. And then use Andrea's stories, guys. Use everything she just freaking shared with us right now as a perfect example of how you don't have to know everything to try something. So. Exactly. Thank you. So guys, if you know, we did just release an episode of Women of Impact with Andrea. And if you are um, Spanish speaking, we did subtitles, especially for that episode. So go check that out. Definitely make sure that you keep following this woman because she is one to watch. She's as normal and natural, like off screen as she, you see her right now. So that's just another reason I freaking adore you, girl. Um, any parting words to people watching? Uh, yeah, you know, love yourself, take care of yourself, um, put yourself first and be brave. <laughs> I love that. All right, girl, well, thank you so much for joining me. I simply adore you. Thank um, you. I'm so grateful you asked me.
Of course, girl. Let's stay.